On this episode of Trading Camp, we interview NASA. He talks about his journey as a trader, using EMAs to find quality setups, and how identifying deals within options chains helps him to maximize profits. This episode is brought to you by Kane Capital, a trading community over 20,000 strong, featuring live alerts and educational content. Link in the notes to join for free today. It's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name when last year I spent more money on spilled liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheel of dealing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Trading Camp Investing Like Champions. This is now episode 20, and we have a highly requested guest on the show for tonight's episode. No, we were just talking about it. A lot of people have been asking for this young gentleman. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, every single time that we ask our listeners who we should have on, he gets one of the most requests. And so it's going to be awesome to have him on tonight. And, um, you know, I think that our listeners are going to get a lot out of just hearing his story. 100%. 100%. We're very excited to have him on. I've been following NASA for a little bit now. The guy really does know what he's doing. So we're excited for him to get into some of his secrets, some of his tips and tricks that he uses every single day to trade. As we know, he's a very strong trader. So like I said, we're excited to have him on. NASA, how you doing, brother? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. Um, like I said, it's your 20th one. It's my first. So I appreciate you guys having me for real. Yeah, man. No problem. Um, as I mentioned, we were really excited to, to get you on the podcast. And we know that a lot of people are going to be listening in because they've been requesting you. So I don't know if you're familiar with the podcast or how we typically do things, but we're going to start with your trading journey because people want to get to know your background. They want to know where you came from. They want to know how you got to where you are today. We understand that traders don't just wake up one day from the next and become you know, strong and, and profitable. There was a bit of a journey for you to get to where you are, and that's what I want to ask you about. So if you want to just go ahead and get into what got you into the stock market and trading in the first place. Yeah. So I guess overall, like business has always been a big thing for me. You know, I grew up watching ESPN and Kramer, right? Um, a lot of people like cartoons. That's what I was watching. And it's always been a big thing for me. And the thing that really started it was I was young and I got into a car accident, got hit on the turnpike. I'm from Florida. So there's the turnpike, two lanes. I got smashed. I was stopped. Um, And basically I got all messed up. No more going D1, any of that. So it became, what do I do? Business, right? Well, all right, check comes. Time to get a new car. Let me go get a Tesla. And this thought popped in my head, you know, I could get a Tesla or I could buy Tesla stock. And that was what happened. And that's really what started it. So I bought Tesla stock. I bought shares of Tesla. I opened up a a Roth. I opened up Mm -hmm. a long-term account and I bought shares of Tesla. I bought some QQQ, STZ. And those were like my first three purchases, you know, and that really opened my eyes to it. Not because it started ripping right away because this was four or five years ago now. And Tesla didn't do much, but I just kept buying it because I was confident. Names like Netflix and 
And then one day, you know, I'm like, oh, these things are, I'm up 25% on these names now. And, and, you know, now I'm up 2,500%. And it's, it, that's the beautiful part of it. Like never expected it, but I got drawn into it. Cause I'm like, holy cow, you know, this money's just sitting there better than sitting in my bank. I got a regular card, crashed the next one I got in the next two. So in hindsight, it was the best decision I ever made. You know, I bought Tesla stock instead of a Tesla and that's how it all started for me, really. Yeah, that's an awesome story. And I think a lot of traders start in a similar way where, you know, they'll make their first investments and they start to see money compound a little bit. And it's like, wow, this is, you know, I'm having my money work for me, especially when you're investing long term. As you mentioned, your money is literally working for you passively. Like you're not really touching or managing any of those positions. So now I want to ask you more specifically, what got you into trading? What was it that kind of took you to that next step where you started to actively trade day in and day out? I was actually big on not trading. I was big on just, you know, reallocating positions every quarter and managing like a hedge fund and, you know, really treating my long terms and, and swing shares and whatnot or going long on shares like I did for a bunch of names like Shopify and Tesla. Like Shop, I got in the 200s, you know, Tesla in the 100s. So names like that, it... I didn't need the day trade, you know, I just added to those positions constantly and sold losers, which there weren't many because the Fed was just pumping us. But then, you know, the thesis is 99% of day traders fail. And I, I was just like, you know, I'm doing so well, I don't need the day trade. And then it got to the point where, all right, I'm kind of bored. And I know what all these stocks do. I know how they move because I already watched the charts, but I'm not, I don't have a job, you know, all my money's invested and I'm printing, you know, I have dividends coming in, like I'm doing well, everything's paid for, I have everything covered, you know, and then it hit a switch where I was like, let me just try some. And I started trading and um, the options I've been doing is, as long as that happens. So probably two and a half years, I'd say day trading every day now and um, all day, no breaks, just because I don't believe in, you know, the power hour in the first hour, you know, you miss the big stuff. I think of it like a sandwich. You get the, you don't want the bread. You know, I want what's in the middle. Where's all the stuff? Like that's where the fun happens, where you catch those big news plays or those big pops. And that's why I love it. You know, it kind of just fell in love with it because I started making money on top of the money I was already having in other positions long term. And it's like, wow, it was just amazing. It's challenging too, which is fun. I think one thing that I found in common with traders who you know, when they do eventually become profitable, I would say that for most traders, it's like they don't necessarily need the money from it. And so it's like a little bit less stress where like, you know, I know people like literally in our discord who are like trying to take a thousand to a million so like they can quit their job. And it's like, obviously that would be so amazing. But like, I feel like the pressure that that puts on you is just completely different where like, you know, if you've got money coming in in other places, if you got a job or if you've got investments or whatever it is, the the trading becomes a little bit less stressful. It's not like, you know, I need to win here to pay my bills. It's more like I'm trading because I want to trade. I'm trading because I enjoy it. Um, You know, that that type of thing. Have you you experienced something similar? Yeah, I agree 100%. Like, I didn't trade for the first couple of years because simply I was building the, I call it like building a foundation. You know, you have no choice. Like I'm thinking long-term 40 years. I mean, what do I want? If you take 10 K over 40 years at 10%, it's a million bucks. Right. And that's at 10% spy annualized is about 14, right? Past how many years? 50 now. So you're looking at over a million bucks after taxes and everything. And I mean, 
for me, it was important to get the foundation late, right? Before I even start playing around, because I have money, before I start just playing it around, I need to have a, a foundation to play around. I can't just, you know, you have to have your foundation or nothing else is going to build long term. You could make a million now. Yeah, great. But I guarantee if you did what I did and you just kept buying dips on names like Tesla, Shopify, Amazon, Netflix, I was buying stuff on invitation homes, like names like anything really. You did 10x, 3, 4x what you would regularly get because of the Fed. And I mean, you sped up your timeline to a million plus if you didn't hit it by 10x, you know? So that 40 year timeline was now four years for a lot of people, maybe less depending on what you had because how these these things were compounding once they broke out. Like you said, once that happened, I was like, all right, let me sell some stuff to reallocate and I'll put some money in here. And I put some money in account and I grew it and I just fell in love with it because it was like, it's challenging, right? There's theses, they work, they don't. And you bet on yourself, right? You take a leap of faith, but can't just jump off a building and be like, yeah, I'm going to turn this thousand to a million because I'm, I'm like that. Like, yeah, if that was the case, everyone would do it every every month, right? But that's not what happens. That's not reality. So you have to have a staircase to come down. You can't just jump off or you're, you're going to get clobbered and lose it all. And now you're like, all right, well, I need to make 50 bucks today. I need to make 100 because if I make 100 today and 100 tomorrow, I do that three times. It's just you're going to be so stressed. You're going to trade with one minute in the day to meet your quota. And it's just not good for you. You know? Yeah. So earlier you mentioned how building this long-term portfolio helped you to watch stocks for, you know, a couple of years and understand how they move, how they trade on a daily basis, which then, you know, you were able to transition into options trading and take advantage of that. I think something that a lot of new traders don't understand is you know, jumping into the market and thinking that you're just going to be, you know, like a, a a really strong options trader or a really strong small caps trader without understanding how these assets trade. Just being able to have that screen time and understanding, okay, Tesla does this and this and trades in this range, for example, as you mentioned, you know, that was one of the stocks that you were watching for for a little while. So I'm um, I'm curious as to what your recommendations would be for traders who are looking to get into options. Would you tell somebody who has never ever watched a single full day or full trading session, would you recommend for them to dive in, start trading options, get aggressive, learn how stocks move? Or do you recommend they sort of build a little bit of a portfolio just to understand how the stock market even works? Yes. I mean, first and foremost, when you sign up to trade options, what's the first thing to ask? Trade experience. Because you're trading derivatives of underlying equities, the stocks, right? And if you don't know what you're doing and you get exercised or something or something bad happens because you sell versus buy, well, that's on you. And you have to separate business and pleasure. It becomes your business at one point, but you have to set yourself up longer term. And I mean, people laugh at guys like Kramer, but that's where the 10% of 40 years at 10K comes from. There's a lot of good stuff. Before Kramer became a what he is now... He was the guy who sold everything before Black Monday, bought the dip, and started a hedge fund, and now he's where he is today. He wasn't always like this. The guy who shorted Tesla, who also was uh, Chanos, well, he also brought down Enron, was the first one to short Enron, and took it to zero from 60. So yeah, these guys now, they might be getting clowned and getting laughed at, 
but go look in their past and see what they did and see what these guys did and, and the guys who really are, are great traders um, over time. Because if you're not if you're not seeing what makes a good investor, you're not going to make a good trader, right? If you're a trader, you have to understand fundamentals, but typically most people don't because you don't understand investing. You have to know fundamentals. It sounds crazy now because, you know, lines and everything and your chart. Chart means nothing if fundamentals disconnect at some point. We're starting to see that. And I mean, a lot of people who were just buying starting portfolios with names like Jamia and Palantir and stuff like that, well, their portfolios are clobbered because they took their trading money and they're like, all right, well, I'm going to make a portfolio. I bought, you know, and they got clobbered. And you can't, it, that's reverse. You got to start with the foundation, which is stock. Doesn't mean you have to trade the stocks, it means you have to buy shares. Of good companies and and set yourself up and then take some profits, put it to the side and get comfortable with options. That's just how I look at it. I agree 100%. And I think that a lot of new traders get this idea of like chasing these massive portfolio gains that we talked about a little bit earlier. So you go on Fintuit and you see all these stories of turning X amount of money into some million dollars, um, or I turn X amount of money into this amount of money in some period of time. So traders start to ask themselves, well, why would I be interested in, re- in returning you know, 14% year to year, year over year, if I can you know, return 3,000% like this guy I saw on Twitter? There's extremely unrealistic expectations when new traders start trading. And even more specifically, those traders who enter trading and are hooked into this like Fintuit. I know that a lot of traders came into or began options trading after the AMC GME um, stage, right? So we saw everybody turning $10,000 into $500,000 quite literally overnight. So this whole generation or era of traders got sucked in thinking that that's how you trade the markets. But I want to ask you. What is your opinion of um, you know, like the massive gains? Because I've seen um, you know, the way you trade. Obviously, you have some really, really big winners. But when you're dealing with people who are new to the markets and new to trading, what would you tell them? Do you think that that's something that they should be striving for? First and foremost, if you're not going to make more than 14%, just invest in the S&P and get some growth runners that you think will beat it and you'll beat the you'll beat the markets that's what hedge funds do first and foremost but second you go on twitter you see these accounts that are doing those um percent gains on their account yeah of course when you start with 500 bucks the percent gain on your account is going to look massive right but when you're only up 95,000 you know what i'm saying yeah you did great you had a beautiful you turned something that was incredible five to a hundred beautiful play you did amazing you grew your account but that takes getting a lucky play or a couple good plays managing your risk and trading how you're supposed to trade which is doable it's very doable well it's even more doable is taking 5k to the five and a half and then six well now you got six take take a thousand and now work with that thousand now everything's free. So even if you lose that or lose 20% of that on a trade and you're you're at 800, well, you're still at 58 and you're at five, right? So now you took that profit and it's just, you don't, you don't play with that, what you put away because you're going to need it possibly one day and you don't ever want to come back to five. But now you try to build your bankroll up with that thousand, you make a couple good plays. Now you're sitting at two, three K. Well, now look at you. 
you have 40% on your account, 50% almost. And um, that's great. You know, you don't have to just, you don't just have to wake up one day and be like, all right, well, I'm going to turn five to 95K or 100K. Yeah, you could do that. But even if you full send 5K, I mean, the odds of that, you're probably just going to take it at 100%, even if you get the great play and you're, you know, and it's stupid because what if it goes the other way? You're down 20% instantly. You take a thousand percent loss and then it rips. Now you're hating yourself for selling. Well, you had too much size. Just play what's comfortable. Learn how you need to trade. Learn how to execute. Take smaller size. Learn execution and then size up when you're comfortable. Don't just swing for the fences. I always say if you overextend, you get hit. Don't do that. You know, play comfortable, leverage your money and don't be dumb because that's, that's how people get wiped out. The only time you're not in the markets when you're at zero. Other than that, I've seen people turn 500 in, into 10, 15, 20K in one play. Like when you're saying Clove, you know, when Clove happened, me and a whole bunch of people in the, in the Slack ad before the bus, 500 bucks turned to 20K. You see what I'm saying? You don't always need to throw 5,000 to make 20K. There's opportunities that arise. And if you're executing properly and you're in the right place, right time, you're going to get paid. As long as you're in the trade because you have money, it doesn't take a lot with options. That's the beauty of it. You leverage that money. You don't just spend 5000 to make 5000 You send 1000 to make 5000 That's a great point that you made because I think when, when you oversize in a trade, right? Like you said, like you're, you're more likely to you know, take that 50, 100% gain um, because you do have so much size in the trade. And like now that 50 to 100%, like you were saying, let's say you have a $5,000 account, you throw the whole thing, you're up 100%. That's five thousand dollars that's out there on the table that you want to claim, and so you're you're more than likely going to sell that early. Um, and and when you size appropriately, there's a better chance that you're going to let that thing run, and you'll actually be able to realize the full potential because you know the beauty of options trading is that you know the gains are exponential, right? Like that first move, yeah, that's great. That's where you get your hundred percent. You know, sell half, get your risk off the table. But like that next leg is where options get crazy. And like, why not be there for that part if we're going to be playing options, right? Like, that's why we're here. Like, like everybody could say that, you know, you trade options for whatever reason, like you're here because you can't the possibility of making a thousand percent. Like, let's not lie to ourselves. And so, you know, to take advantage of that, you have to be, like you said, in the play and sizing appropriately can help you stay in the play. And on top of that, I mean, what happens to the guy who has a $5,000 account he full sends it, makes 5K. Now he's up 10. Money settles next day. He wakes up, he does it again. He's at 3K. Constant battle fighting with yourself because it works one time. And that's not, you know, I mean, good, it worked. Better learn from it because if not, you're in the same predicament. And um, it's sad to see. I know a bunch of traders, smaller accounts, they'll go 1,000 to 3,000, then back to 800 or 5K to 7.5, 10K, whatever it is, back to 5. Or 20K back to 15. And then like they're fighting PDT and it's just happens all the time. And it's just not being disciplined and knowing where your account's at. You have to, it's like playing a, in the NBA or the NFL, you know, you have to know the rules, watch the clock and know everything because if not, you're going to make stupid mistakes and it affects your whole account. 100%. And that really speaks to risk management. I mean, you, to me, there's nothing more beautiful than at the end of the week. Let's say you have like a like a five thousand dollar account. Let's say at the end of the week, you know, you made a hundred bucks a day. Now you're sitting at fifty five hundred. You look back at how you traded that week, and you tell yourself, "Wow, I was able to make five hundred bucks. I didn't take a single, you know, like load the boat home run 
uh, style play. I chipped away 100 bucks a day. And now look at my account. Look at how nice I'm sitting now. And I think that once traders start to realize that, you know, compounding, 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 small wins, small wins. And then eventually, you know, you have those big wins and you're able to capture a little bit more money and a little bit more percent gain. But look at how you're not anxiously entering these trades and you're not like nervous when you're entering these trades. Like I said, loading the boat, you're managing your risk, you're keeping composed, you're you're letting your knowledge and skills as a trader do the work for you. You're managing your portfolio. And then you look back at the end of the month and then it's like, wow, now I have $10,000. I just returned 100% this month and not once did I have a trade that went over like 200, 300%. That style of trading, I think, is extremely effective. So I want to ask you what some of the tips are that you would give for those trading with a smaller account as far as risk management goes so that they can avoid, you know, as you mentioned, 5,000 to 10K and then back to three. So, I mean, something that nobody really wants to tell you guys. If you want safe money, it's it's not free because nothing's free, mm-hmm. but you play it the same way you do options. But here's a trick. Instead of playing the option, you play the underlying. So an example is, okay, upstart was 75 last week or the week before, right? It ripped back to 115, 118. So you make 25% on that, right? If you have a smaller account, you don't just have to play these dog water penny stocks, right? You can play high higher growth names that have some gas in the tank, like Roblox was bounced, Rivian, for example, 50 back to 70. You know, where if you buy a couple shares at 50, sell at 70, or worst case, it it breaks a couple dollars. If you have 50 shares and you have a $2 stop, you lose a hundred bucks. You know, you can build your account that way because these names right now with the volatility are bouncing like that. If you have a smaller account, you don't have to throw 10, 15, 30% of your account in a weekly option because this thing's going to rip because I mean, anything can happen in this market right now. And if you have shares and you have a stop on your shares, I mean, what's the worst that happens? I mean, I did it with Facebook after earnings. I bought some at 251. I sold some at 258, like 50 because it hit my stop. And, you know, I rebought some at 237 or something. And I bought options as well last week and they went 1500% on Friday. So, I mean, you can do both, right? Like there's no limit to what you can do unless you limit yourself and buying shares is so I've done it for so long in long-term accounts that it's almost people don't realize how easy it is. You buy upstart two weeks ago at 75, it rips to a hundred a couple of times. It rips to 115. I mean, there's plenty of options to get out. You know, same thing with a firm gapping nine, 10% both sides up and down every day. Rivian, Roblox, you know, cheap names, cheap names under a hundred bucks that you can really play and make quick money. If you, if you want to take some size, I mean, you buy 300 bucks worth. <laughs> if that's your size versus buying an option for zero, a uh, one week, you know, weekly, and then it goes down two bucks and now you're down 30, 40%. And you're like, wow, well, that hurt. You know, it goes down $2 and you lose a little. That's a great point. And I think we always have like a, a love hate relationship with like, we'll have people in the discord who will throw like literally full port somebody's call. It'll work out and they're posting this thirty forty thousand dollars day. And it's like, you know, that's awesome. And like, I'm, you know, I'm sure that that's, you know, going to be impactful for you at the same time. Like that just encourages like such bad behavior. Cause like you said, like if you realistically full pour every play, the expected value of that is zero. Because eventually, like it's gonna run out. Eventually, you're gonna buy something, and it's 
going to go down immediately and you're, you're going to lose. So it's like, there's no way that you can be successful long-term without managing risk with, with taking too large a size, particularly like you said, when we're in probably the most volatile part of the market, like buying these options that are expiring the same week, like, like that, if you're looking for safety, like this is not the place to be like, this is literally the most volatile, unforgiving part of the market, in my opinion. And so for newbies, like you said, like even just starting with shares, like the possibility that your stock, your equity goes to zero is just so small. You're in a much better place than, you know, buying something where you need it to move like today. And there's so many names like that right now, like off the top of my head, like Beyond Meets, another one, right? Sitting under, it's like 50 bucks. It was trading at 200 last year. I mean, Lucid's giving you $5 days at at 20 to 33. Like these ranges are known. You know, when you play options, you're playing the breakout of the ranges. Well, when you're playing shares, you could play the whole range, you know? And um, it's a cheaper way to do it. I mean, options are obviously typically cheaper. Like if you're buying a, a Google option or Amazon or Tesla option, that's that's why. And options are obviously cheaper, but um, you have a little account. Like, you don't need a full port to make money. It's compounding, like you were saying. Take your gains, and at the end of the day, if you make a hundred bucks today, and you have a small account, odds are your newer one and two, a hundred bucks is significant in your life. So, what do you think happens if you're consistent and you build that, and next thing you know, you're making one fifty? And then you're suddenly making about 200 every other day and you're kind of getting good. And then next thing you know, you're actually pulling off like three, four, 500% days here and there. Now your account's kind of big and you're like, mm-hmm. wow, I just made a thousand dollar day. Oh my God, that's my first four, four figure day. You know, now you look at your account, you're like, wow, I doubled it. I never over risked. I played safe. I never felt like I was in danger of blowing up. Never thought I was going to dump the account. Cause I mean, the whole point is to compound and longevity, right? Who can do this longer? And um, you can't do it longer if you blow up. It's that simple. Yeah, agreed. 100%. So I want to pivot a little bit. I want to ask you about some of the strategies that you use yourself intraday, uh, more specifically when you're day trading uh, options. So you already mentioned uh, level breaks, how a lot of these names trade in certain ranges. But let's get into what exactly it is that you look for and what it is that you have up on your charts. So we'll do uh, indicators. Yeah, let's start Let's start with what indicators you use on your charts. So for charts, um, first and foremost, I just want to put this out there for charts, guys. It's an indicator of what's happened, not what's going to happen. So don't put too much faith in it, guys. I mean, for example, Boeing could look great, flows great, everything's great on your charts, indicators, plane crashes. Happens all the time with Boeing, tons of names, stuff like that happens. So I, I like charts for big level breaks and up and down trends. Um, so my indicators are 8 and 21 EMA because that shows your short term up and down trend. When it's riding the 8 day and 21 day, if you look at any chart, if it's riding to the upside, every buy is a dip and that's active sequence. And then once it sells off below the 8 and 21, the 8 and 21 become resistance and it's a short term downtrend. So I use those and then I keep a 50 MA on as well with them. And I'll alternate between the 100 and 200 day MA. Uh, and then I keep volume on because volume is the most important thing. Uh, but for me, I'm a, I call myself a premium player. So I play premiums. Um, I taught Rippy how to do it. 
nobody on Twitter does it how we do it. And I mean, if you watch, if you've seen anything or been on the the channel or the bus, I mean, I keep option chains open. I keep contracts open. I keep order sides and flows open all day. And I watch those more than I watch the charts. And I watch the quotes, which are also charts of options. So that's how my gains and how I'm able to beat a lot of people to the punch is playing the premium because premiums move first. And um, if you're on the bus, that's why these guys like Carl and Sherry and all these other people we've talked about have absolutely been killing it because they've actually started playing the premiums and they've been in there so long, they've started to see what I look for. And that's what differentiates me from the chart and flow. And uh, nobody on Twitter does it like me. And, and that's why if you check, I'm beating everybody to the punch. It's not because I have anything scanning or I use anything like that, but I read the option chains and I play the premiums. So what does that look like more specifically for the newer trader that doesn't know exactly what you're talking about reading the, the options premiums. You want to talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. So when you're reading a premium, right? When you buy an option that has your Greeks, it has open interest, it has volume, it has things like that. And um, you can find mispriced uh, premiums. So when options don't line up with the underlying what they should be because the chain's moving too much or news just happened or there's a sell-off or, or something of that nature that changes it, right? And the chain won't line up. An example of that, I guess we could say Friday, we took Coinbase 200 calls. It was sitting at, I think, 180. Um, Bitcoin had just broken 40K. Coin was just turning green with some force. And the chains didn't update because it was Friday. And we grabbed those 200s at five, six, seven, eight bucks. They went to 80. Because once people get the volume coming in the IV comes back to it after you saw it yesterday sitting at 80 cents on the mm. quotes because you could pull up option quotes like I was saying and you could see charts one minute, five minute, one day, five day daily. You could see where that premium lines up for this option. And then you could also watch the puts and calls and how they're moving all these movements, right? And then you check the next weeks and you see what's happening with these chains. And people have scanners and they'll try to find these mispriced underlying um, options, right? So they look for mispriced deltas and mispriced gammas or IVs or whatever it may be. And, um, you know, I did it with Coin on Friday for 10x basically. And we did it with Facebook for 15x on the break. We bought them at three bucks, they went to 50 or five bucks, they, you know, like something ridiculous like that. 19 went to 200. Um, and it's just being able to do that. Yeah, that's a lot of Friday, but we've done it countless times. And um, it's really learning how to read option chains. A lot of people buy options and they don't even know what a Greek is. I mean, I always say that, in my opinion, the Delta is the most important, just aside from I being faded, because that's what people love. But Delta is probably one of the most important. And um, no, a lot of people don't know how to read options. How are you trading an option, but you don't even know how to do it? And then on top of that, you don't even know how to trade stocks because you just skipped that and you went straight to options. You said screw underlines, but you don't even know how to read these option chains or read what a premium is. You just know that it's five bucks because it says five cents and you don't know what the theta is. Oh, why am I getting crushed at dripping? Or you don't know what a delta is, but it was just here and it was higher. Well, of course, you don't know Vega, Gamma, any of them are like it's. How are you expecting to be successful if you don't put in any of the time? That's where it becomes the gambling aspect and people 
get me mad by saying it's gambling. We were just talking about unusual whales, the spaces, because it, it gets me so mad. I'm like, it's not gambling. You know, you bet on yourself here. You're not betting on a player. You're not betting on red or black. You could get out whenever. But if you don't understand what the underlines are doing because you just skip stocks on straight to options because people are getting rich and you see it on Twitter and then you get there and you're getting crushed, you don't know why you're getting crushed. Oh, it's because you don't even understand how to read these options, what they mean. And um, if you could read mispriced premiums, well, now you're looking at something like where we bought those Tesla calls end of December, like the last week of December, we bought these Tesla thousand calls on a break red to green move at 38 bucks they ended up going to like i think 8700 per a member took his account from 2.5k with that trade in mstr that week which mstr i'll talk about after and he took his account from 2.5 to 197k so yeah it's unrealistic but when you play premiums and you put in some work and you're playing with a smaller account it's possible when you you play the execution right and you only take a decent size at 38 bucks knowing Tesla has four days to work here. And these things are 38 bucks for a hundred out the money, knowing Tesla gaps a hundred all the time with news coming tomorrow. Yeah, I'll take them. They're 38. Worst case, I lose 38 bucks per. I won't let it get that far. A lot of members thought the same thing. Guess what? Next day they were sitting at 2,700. By the end of the week, they're going for 8,700 or so. And we rolled up to the 1100s, did the same thing on the move. And then Friday, we bought MSTR. Same situation as coin this week. You know, why is MSTR calls $10 out the money? 60 cents. These things are, it's a six, $700 stock. Coins explode or Bitcoin's exploding. It's at 42 now, a couple months ago. And I'm just looking at these like, these premiums for MSTR, never 60 bucks ever, no matter what. Unless there's one minute left on the clock, they're never this cheap. You know, I'll dabble. I took them. They went to 1700 that day. So it's learning things like that and reading the charts and reading the quotes that kind of separate you and allow you to get those massive gainers. Because I know you've seen it. Everybody has. When you look at a, a chain, you're like, how is this thing up 2,700%? How is this up 15,000? What happened? You know, how did I miss this? Because you didn't read more into it and you didn't understand even how to read into it. Yeah, that's a great point. I think one of the things about people who are trading more off of premium, I feel like I feel like it can be it can be very difficult for somebody who's newer to like understand what people are talking about when they say like they're they're trading they're trading premiums and like that's where I feel like it, it can really be an advantage for you to like just watch. Like you don't always have to like try and um, you know, copy, copy somebody like you see NASA 10 xing on these options and, and you want to get involved. Um, and then, you know, the next play that you jump into, you, you lose. And it's like, you know, like exactly like you were saying, like learning how to read things, like learning how to, um, find, find these opportunities. Like there's a lot of people who would be better off just sitting on the sideline, like learning, like when you call a play, instead of going to rush and buy it, like, okay, what was he seeing here? Why, why, why was this mispriced in his opinion? Like go and, and and see you know exactly what it is that that makes somebody want to buy something. I feel like that would be so, such a better use of your time than than just trying to like hop on somebody's play. Like ninety percent of the time, that's the better route to go. Because if you can learn it, if you can learn it, you can then you can do it for yourself. I agree a hundred percent. And um, like I said, I've been doing lives now. I don't know if I've said like 
I've been live alerting for free for two years now, right? So I was doing the alert service, I guess you could call it, where I'd type everything out, entries, exit, type it. Mm-hmm. I had like 300 followers, 400 followers until December where I got on the bus, you know, but I'd been doing this for a year plus every day, nine to four, nonstop, no breaks. And I got on the bus because I saw an opportunity and my account obviously grew and it helped me help more people. But between just typing alerts and, you know, breaking down every trade and telling them what I'm looking at, like, you know, Friday, guys, these Qualcomms are 20 bucks. Earnings was yesterday. The Ivy was cracked. They just crushed. Ivy's flushed now. These things look beautiful. They're 20 bucks. They just went to 38. Watch this, guys. It bounces here. Oh, they're back at 20. I'm buying them here. Watch it. Look at it. See if you like it. You know, next thing you know, they're at it. They're at two dollars. You know, and that was this Friday as well, and or Thursday. And it's literally just you don't have to take every play, and that's what I love because on the bus there's so many plays and there's so many people now. And I've had so many DMs like, "Yo, I've been on the bus for a couple of weeks or a couple like a month now, and I've just uh, been listening." I'm finally taking plays and, you know, I'm doing great. Like you can't just hop in. And a lot of people I see on Twitter now because playing premiums is hot. You know, it's something that's hot. You know, people want to follow the crowd. And so people did it with levels. You know, people did it with flow. People do it with everything, you know. So now playing premiums is cool. Most people don't know what playing a premium is. They think buying the cheap is good. That's not what makes a premium good, you know. And a lot of people don't get it. And a lot of people are going to blow up because... They're going to be buying dumpster, you know, just trash. It's it's sad, but a lot of people on Twitter don't know what they're doing, and they, you know, they pretend they do, and it it works for them and it helps them. But hopefully, people differentiate and kind of like you said, they learn for themselves, and that's what I'm big on. You know, I don't spoon feed anyone on the bus. That's what I tell them. Like I'll tell them, watch. I've only said one time I'm buying something, and that was uh. BKKT on news and it went like 2x in five seconds. Literally, we got in. And other than that, I never screamed buy because I'm not a financial advisor. I say, yo, watch this. And then I'm like, yo, it just went 20 to 38. And then I'm like, okay, it's back at 20. All right, watch these close guys. That's me basically saying I'm in. Or five minutes later, I'm like, yo, they're up 20% or I'm up 15%. And then you're like, what the heck? And that way you have to learn because I'm not here anymore just to just to do it that way. And what I've learned is people like Carl Flinsky, Sherry, you know, countless others now, literally, because there's 46, 4,700 people on the bus now, literally, because I've done it this way, they've been able to learn for themselves. And um, it's been beautiful because I get DMs and texts like, and they're just like, yo, honestly, thank you. And I don't know, like, I'm just happy because it's awesome. Yeah, I think I think that's the best part about building the community too, is like we we're at the point now where we have people in our member chat who exclusively like, like we'll take each other's trades. Like, like there's people like we've got, well, like seven traders in the, in the main floor, but we've got like gurus and, and, and people who've been in the, in the member chat since we had like what, 2000, 3000. And these people are literally there every day, just helping out, um, just sharing some of the things that they've learned over the last like six months. And, you know, it, it's awesome obviously for us to be able to help people out, but like, seeing almost like the ecosystem that we've created almost the the additional community that additional layer of education that you can get um through just the other people in the discord not even from us um it it really is like a leveraged um situation where you know the the people who joined in in um 
December when when we took Tesla literally 10x. Like those those are the people who are now helping out the people who are coming in now. And the people who just came in in January will help the next people who come in in March. And so I feel like building that is so important for um, just the development of, of Fintwit as a whole. And, and you know, that's something really awesome that we've been able to see. And I'm sure that you guys are experiencing something very similar. Yeah. Adam Silver, he actually says it. He always tells me it's about the community um, first and foremost. And that's a guy I want to shout out. He actually helped me uh, get my account booming. Like I said on Twitter, I've been doing this for a year. The same thing I'm doing now. And there was just such little recognition. I almost stopped tweeting because I had more followers in the Discord. And then I met up with D-Book and um, K1 through like Fastly. And I got in touch with them. We started trading a lot together. And then um, next thing I know, I'm on the bus. And then Adam shouted me out. My account's big. And now I'm able to help more people. So, I mean, the community, the community, community. There's some assholes on Twitter. But, I mean, aside from that, it's pretty great. You know, there's a lot of information. If you could drown out and funnel out the noise, a lot of people are trying to help and doing a lot of stuff for good. And, I mean awesome i agree 100 percent. um so before we wrap up here i want to ask you one more question so for the beginner trader or for any trader for that matter who just listened to the episode and is very interested in now playing premiums or in trading the way that you trade what are some resources or maybe some tips that you would give them more specifically that they can take into their trading the day after they hear the podcast what i would do if i was you guys listening to this and i just heard i guess a frog do all this talking i would first i'd look into eight and 21 ema because before i take any trade you know that has to be good right so look into what an eight and 21 ema is for how an active sequence works it's super simple super helpful second what i would do I would learn how to read the option chains if you don't know what that means. It just means the Greeks and how these things move and what moves them, right? Second or third, I guess, I would look at the macro and I would watch the Fed every day, see what news is coming out. So that way you can tell if any of... Because you're going to be playing weeklies for the most part if you're playing premium. You could kind of watch if there's anything that might screw up your day or if you could get ahead of everybody else. And and try to find a put while every while it's ripping because you know news is coming and maybe it's not cheap it's just mispriced because there's news coming and people aren't buying it but the volumes on the calls but put should work you know things like that you know you got to work smarter not harder be ahead of the crowd so definitely there's a bunch of free sites and um, watch option chains watch flow and watch the option quotes that's the biggest thing in my opinion watch the quotes. Shows you one minute, five minute, one day, five day daily. So you could get a read of where have these options been at any time in, in the, the year. And um, it really helps you see what's possible and helps get you a risk reward. I don't take a single play if I can't make one to three on risk reward. If I can't turn a dollar to three, it's not for me. It's that simple. Awesome, bro. I like that. Thank you again for hopping on. Uh, where can people find you? What's your, uh, what's your Twitter? The real NASA zero zero. I'm on there and I'm on Discord as well as uh, Instagram with that handle. And I live trade every day. Awesome, bro. Well, we appreciate you. I appreciate you, bro. Of course. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, we had a lot of people request to have you on. And this is obviously our first time meeting, but it was great speaking with you. And I think we're going to be able to do 
some work uh, together moving forward because I like a lot of the stuff that you had to say and, you know, you're a good guy, bro. So, again, thank you for, for hopping on. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate you for that. Like I said, my first podcast in the books. You did well, bro. You did well. Thank you. Crushed it. <laughs> Time to get a mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you got to step up. Now you got to level up. Yeah, I'm a podcasting YouTuber now. There you go. Facts. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for another episode. And we'll see you next week for episode 21. Thanks, Noah. I'll see you, brother. Take care, bro. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It is very important to do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find in our podcast and wish to rely upon, whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise.